How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the podcast. In today's episode, we have a guest coming in from Australia today via the phone or via Skype, really. And in this episode, we're going to be talking to a man named Tyson Brown. He is an intermittent fast, intermittent fasting expert, an online fitness coach, a podcast host, and a coffee addict, as well as an author. Today, he's going to be talking a little bit about himself. So let's go ahead and jump over to that interview now. So how's it going, Tyson? Oh, mate, I'm doing fantastic. It's early in the morning here. It's only 10 o'clock, so really? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Doing all right. Australian time, huh? Yeah, nice and early. <laughs> so it's good to have you on the podcast, man. It's good to get you get you on the air. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell people a little bit about yourself? I gave a, a short little intro telling people about sort of what your bio had to say on your Instagram and where they can find you, but shed some light a little bit more on who you are. Yeah, cool. I'll try and go a little bit more further than that, uh, like a couple of sentence bio on there. But basically, I am a personal trainer in Sydney. Um, I started my journey when I was in, uh, let's say 2010, when I was a kid and I wanted to obviously lose weight because I wanted to look good for the girls, as most teenage boys do. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so it was kind of a struggle for the first, I guess I'd say two years. Like I was working out, I was doing all the right things that I thought were right. And basically, I just I wasn't seeing the results, and I wasn't happy with what was going on. So that led me into doing a lot of research on. Um, have you heard of bodybuilding.com? I have. That's actually one of the first websites I went to when uh, researching the sort of getting into the fitness world myself. I think that's uh, it's, it's what a lot of people uh, tend to gravitate to, and that's actually where I started studying and learning a lot about nutrition. Actually, like I happened to come over the nutrition section in the forums, not the actual bodybuilding.com itself, and basically I would just spend hours there reading and reading and reading and looking at different things. And somehow, I don't know how, I managed to come across intermittent fasting, and I was like, "Oh, this is weird." Like this goes against what everybody else says. I was like, oh, yeah. uh, "Like in a certain amount of time a day." I was like, I'm going to lose muscle mass. Like, you know, all the things that you think, you're like, no, it's not going to work. But I was like, you know what? I've tried eating the six small meals a day. I've tried doing all those other things. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And basically, the weight just started coming off. And it wasn't because intermittent fasting was some magical thing. It was simply because I was able to restrict the amount of calories I was eating in that time because I have a really big appetite. I always have. And what I found is when I don't eat, I don't find myself getting hungry and when I'm not hungry, like, you know, I'm not putting calories in my body and that let me down. Like what, once I started to drop body fat and get results and I was mm-hmm. like, Holy, and everyone's like, what, what's going on? Like, you know, how did you manage that? I started helping other people and telling them what I was doing and basically it just fit around my lifestyle. And then probably about, hmm, I'd say probably about 2000 and that was about four years into it. So 2014, I yeah. moved away from my hometown and I was studying personal training on the side because I wanted to help more people. And basically, just from since then, I went full-time into personal training and people, like the same type of thing, people weren't getting results with the diets they were following. So I started showing them about intermittent fasting. And basically, most people, like I'm not going to say all because not everyone does react well to intermittent fasting. Yeah. But most people who I've taught that to have been able to lose weight and more importantly, keep it off for the long term because anybody can lose weight, you know, in five to ten whatever, how many weeks, but yeah. being able to keep it off for one, two, and three years is what I find is really important. 
Oh, most definitely. Because anybody who's losing weight that like too fast or doing a diet that they can't stick with, they're just going to have that rebounding effect. Absolutely. And that's what happened to me when I first did it too. Like I did the bodybuilding, eat chicken breast, eat broccoli, <laughs> all those things. And, you know, I did maybe I would be successful for a couple of weeks. I would start dropping weight and then I'd either go and binge eat or I would go back to my, let's say, quote unquote, normal way of eating, which I thought was healthy. Yeah. And I'd put back on the weight because it just wasn't sustainable. Yeah. And so with intermittent fasting, explain a little bit what that might be or what that might entail to, to somebody out there who, who might not, I mean, it's easy. People can go out to bodybuilding.com and, and research this stuff themselves, but what have you found works the best for you in, in your way of intermittent fasting? Yeah. So basically th there's a lot of actually different ways to do intermittent fasting, right? Uh, a, a pretty popular one that people have probably heard of is the, uh, the five, two diet by Michael Mosley, who made that pretty popular. Mm -hmm. And that that's one version of doing it. But the one that I started to follow and that I've been using pretty much for the last, what are we now, 2018? So eight years has been the 16, eight approach. And that's 16 hours a day. I do not eat. And then for eight hours of the day, I do eat. Now that can vary up to sometimes I'm like 18 or 20 hours. It just depends on what the like on my work life's like. Yeah. But most of the time, it's that 16 hour of not eating and then eight hours of eating window. Okay. And and it's pretty simple, but there's still a sort of caloric threshold that you're trying to keep, correct? Or oh yeah, of course. Like the the big thing that I tell people is like intermittent fasting is not a magic approach. Like. Just because you're doing this doesn't mean you're going to burn body fat. Just the same as any other diet, you still yeah. have to be in a caloric restriction in order to lose weight. But I, the reason I recommend intermittent fasting for so many people is because instead of saying, oh, I can have a little bit or I can have this, you just say, no, I'm simply not eating from this step, from this point in time until this point in time. Because most people are pretty, you know, we're mostly pretty healthy during the day, but yeah. when you're watching Netflix at night time, whether you want that wine or that late night snack or any of those things, that seems to be the big killer for most people. And so when you eliminate that by following intermittent fasting, it helps you keep your calories under control. And sort of the window that you're kind of taking when you're saying that 16-8 approach, it, that seems like a very doable thing as well because for a majority of the time, a lot of us, at least I'm not sure what like your work day is like, but for myself, a majority of that time is spent either sleeping or just around the house. And for that eight hours, that's a, that's a pretty reasonable window to work with. Absolutely. And like, I also think most people don't realize they're probably already kind of practicing intermittent fasting. Yeah. I mean, maybe they might have some milk in their coffee in the morning. Like, you know, they might have two flat whites in the morning, but we're getting busier these days and most people probably won't eat until about lunchtime anyways. Mm -hmm. So when you first, like, you know, when you talk to someone about the approach, you say, hey, all you've kind of do is got to cut back on the milk in the morning and they go, oh, like, you know, oh, I, I couldn't eat for 16 hours. And then you explain to them, hey, you're not really eating until 10 or 11 PM, AM anyways, yeah. they're pretty close to that 16-hour mark. Yeah, definitely. And so when it comes to your personal training, do you personal train in person or – because I, I was reading on your Instagram uh, online coaching. So Yeah, so I actually do both. I still have uh, like kind of half-half my business. So half my business is in the gym training clients because I absolutely love training clients in the gym. And – but I wanted to have a bigger impact. And so that's why I started doing more online personal training too, which means 
it's basically you get your workout plans, you get nutrition. I don't give nutrition meal plans because I don't yeah. believe in meal plans, but I give nutritional guidance about how you can keep calories low. And it's that accountability too, because anybody can, you know, Google a workout plan. Yeah. Anybody can go and find intermittent fasting like I can, but it's that accountability is what's really, really important. So I do combine the online coaching for people over the world, and I do the in-person training here in Australia and Sydney. Oh, nice. And really quick, I did give a shout out for your Instagram, but how can people reach you? Uh, they can, like, Instagram is probably the best way, which is at uh, Tyson the Trainer with the trainer's got two R's to be able to find me. Or you could just simply go to my website, which is www.tysonbrown.com.au. And again, I mean, you're training people all around the world. So anybody listening, feel free to reach out to Tyson and give him, a, give him some contact if, uh, if you're looking for workout plans or any type of meal guidance. Absolutely. I appreciate the shout out. And so when you're talking about uh, at least the direction that you're going with your Instagram, I've noticed a lot of fitness tips that you're giving and things like that. What is sort of the, the, the main driving force behind that when it, when it comes to promoting on your Instagram? What, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, like, you know, inspiring people or is it I, I know that some people out there, they'll use the social media platforms either for inspiration purpose or it's for um, like teaching. Are you teaching yep. or is it more just inspiration? No, I like I like teaching. Right, I like to say to people like, hey, this is exactly what you need to do to achieve X because anybody – like, I do like the inspirational stuff too. Don't get me wrong. But anybody can inspire. Anybody can post a Monday morning quote. Anybody can do those things. But if I'm telling you, hey, if you're going to go to the gym – here's what you should be focusing on. If you're going to eat, here's what you should be doing. And it's it's like there it is on your, go- like on your platter because at the end of the day, whether people want to coach, like whether people want to come to me and train or not, I want to make sure that I'm the person. I'm pretty selfish. I want to be the person who people can say, Tyson Brown helped me change my life. Like Tyson is the person who helped me lose weight and all I did was follow his free stuff online because if I can give people as much information as possible and I can help them, I get to like I get that selfish, uh, uh, good feeling inside that I'm helping other people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So when it comes to, I wanted to touch on your your book that when you first contacted me, you said you're you had written and released a book, and I, I definitely wanted to hear more about that. Yeah, so the book actually isn't fully released yet. Oh, okay, um, but it, it is coming. It's called Ditch the Diet, and basically, I wanted. <laughs> I kind of wanted to share exactly what I teach my clients and what I teach on my online coaching, which is how to follow an intermittent fasting lifestyle. So there's there's three parts of the book. There's nutrition, mm-hmm. there's a workout component, and there's a lifestyle because health and fitness should be integrated with your life. It's not, I've got to go and be healthy and fit. I've got to stick to this diet, and I can't go out with my friends and enjoy myself. I want to show people that they can combine that all together while still being able to lose weight, while still being able to look good with their shirt off, and not feel like they're following some restricted diet where for some reason they're not allowed to eat carbohydrates or they're not allowed to eat a certain type of food because it's quote-unquote bad for you. Yeah. And that's sort of the middle ground. I, I feel like a lot of these diets and a lot of these people are, are tending to lean towards, at least in social media, is sort of finding that way to continue to lose weight, work out in the gym, and yet still have that social life. Because when we look at the golden age of bodybuilding and the Arnold Schwarzenegger and that era where it was just very bland, chicken breast, oats, and things like that, it seemed like a very anti-social sort of lifestyle. And, and it, yeah, it, it kind of was like 
that that's also where you've got to look at is like they were dedicated towards bodybuilding, right? And most people, we're not going to be bodybuilding. Like it's just the honest truth. You're not going to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. You're not going to be as big as Arnold. Um, why should you have to go through that big restricting process of chicken breast and broccoli, which can taste good if you you know you make it right. Yeah. But why should you negate the other areas of your life just because you're like you know what I have to lose weight and this is the approach to lose weight. Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to more of like that social aspect and things like that, just being a little bit more free and a little bit more open with your diet while including things like intermittent fasting and not going overboard, still staying at a caloric deficit, is this sort of treading on like a if it fits your macros type or do you preach more, um, the, what would the term be like good carbs or better decisions carb-wise? Well, it's funny because it kind of blends the two, right? So, like, let's say you're going to go out with your friends for breakfast in the morning and you're doing intermittent fasting. Well, then that's pretty fine because you can have a black coffee anyways and people aren't really going to bat an eye whether you're eating breakfast or not. Yeah. But I think the, the big lifestyle thing is people who want to go out at nighttime and drink alcohol and things like that, which completely can be done using intermittent fasting. Yeah. And you just got to be strategic about it. Like, you know um, – Let's say if you know you're going to go out on a Saturday night and you're going to go and drink alcohol. Well, because I still teach people that they have to be in a caloric restriction, if you know roughly that you need to be eating 1,900 calories a day to lose weight and you decide for the rest of the week you're going to eat 1,500 calories, so you're going to put yourself in a bigger surplus because you know you're going to go out on a Saturday night, then that surplus on a Saturday night is not going to be as detrimental for the following week because you're still keeping yourself in a calorie deficit. The reason most diets fail is because people will stay strict all week, let's say, mm-hmm. and then on the Friday night, the Saturday, the Saturday morning, the Saturday night, the Sunday morning, it all goes to shit. And then that's when you can – sorry, I don't mean to swear. Uh, and then that, <laughs> that's, that's when you can go from being in a calorie deficit to going to maintenance or even in a surplus simply by going overboard on three days versus one night a week and keeping yourself in a calorie deficit during the start of the week. Yeah, so many people don't realize early on when they're dieting how they they might be losing that battle because they're either drinking their calories or they're going overboard on a cheat meal and turning it into a cheat day or a whole cheat weekend and that ends up putting their numbers over in total. Absolutely. And I also talk about that in the book too. Like I don't I used to, like when I first started dieting, I followed the, you know, cheat meal once a week and mm-hmm. cheat day and stuff like that, but Let's be honest, like you, you never feel good after a cheat day or a cheat meal because first of all, you feel like you've cheated on your diet. <laughs> the second thing is you it's it, you feel like you're never going to be eat that stuff again. So you will shove your face full of so many calories and yeah. make yourself feel awful. And if you've got a big appetite like me, you know those 10,000 calorie challenges? Yes. So this is how like just much of a little like of a fat kid at heart I am. I actually <laughs> went and did uh, – I probably got about 8,000 calories in one meal no for one way. day. Yep. I went to a buffet and then me and my friend said, let's see how much we can eat. And we probably got to about 8,000 calories in one meal. So Whoa. let's say you do have a big appetite. Not like, you know, you might not get to 8,000, but let's say if you get in one meal, yeah. you have pizza with, um, your, uh, do you guys measure in gallon? What's a gallon of Coke? Do you get a gallon of Coke? What do you get over there? Um, oh, a gallon of Coke. Whoa. That, that would be a lot of cola. Um, it's actually sold in two liters, two, two liter oh, increments. Just, okay, cool. 
So if you had a, a whole pizza, a two-liter Coke with some garlic bread, and then you also went and got a dessert after that because that's your cheat, yeah. that's a lot of calories you've just added in there, and that's either going to put you at the back to maintenance or it's going to put you overboard. And it's simply from that one meal. So instead of saying, I'm going to have a cheat meal, why not say... On a Friday night, I'm going to go and enjoy a good meal with my family or my friends, and it's going to be instead of a whole pizza, it's half a pizza. Yeah. Instead of a two-liter Coke, it's 500 mil. It's just making smart choices over time. It definitely has to be in moderation, and that's something that I learned through trial and error, that I was a whole pizza kind of guy myself, but when yep. looking at using the app MyFitnessPal, um, I found that a whole pizza, depending on where you get it, can land you at 2,500 calories alone just right there. So that's not including the soda. That's not including any breadsticks or any desserts or ice cream that you might want to get after that. So I found that I'm more of a three slice and I'm done kind of guy. That like that's If I am going to have something like that, three slices and, and I'm good. Yeah, and I mean at the end of the day, everyone's got the foods they like and they should not eliminate. Like for me, I'm not a big pizza fan. I would say for me, it's more of a sweet. It's more of a sweet thing. So, but I know if I keep ice cream or anything in my house, it will disappear. Like yeah. That. So if I'm going to go and have an ice cream or something, it's going to go out to a gelato place, or it's going to go somewhere where I can't bring that food back home with me, and I can only, you know, I'm not going to spend twenty bucks on ice cream or anything like that. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to go and have a good ice cream, be happy with it. And that'll be it because that, that's my trigger food. If I have that at home and I'm like, oh, you know, it's moderation, that moderation, that's going to be gone before I even get home most of the time. So it's not about it's not about just like saying, okay, you know, I want to have some of those foods in my life. It's knowing that if you're going to have that food, are you able to keep it at home or do you have to certainly – like do you have to specifically go out and have that food to avoid bringing it back home and overeating during the week too? And I think that's a really good point that you make because it's something that I also had to implement in my – sort of my dieting was I can't have these foods in the house. So if the, if I am going to have them, it's either going to be at a family function and I'm not going to fix myself a plate to bring home or I'm going to go to a restaurant and have it and then not bring home any leftovers. I feel like I go to the place and it, even then, like going to a place might be a deterrent in itself because of the inconvenience of getting in your car and going somewhere. So even then, it kind of it makes it less easier for you than just opening the fridge or opening the cupboard. Absolutely. The harder you can make it, the less – like humans are just naturally lazy, right? Yeah. So, which is like – which is why Uber Eats is a problem. Oh, but, geez. Um, like, they have that over the there, The harder huh? you make it for yourself, the easier it's going to be for you to stay away. Like even if you literally said, I'm going to put the cookies that are in front of me in the cupboard. I'm going to put that uh, – like those jar of cookies in the bottom bit of the cupboard. I'm going to wrap it in glad wrap. Like, you know, the harder you make it for yourself, yeah. you're going to be thinking – do I really want to go and open that jar and open that glad wrap and do whatever you've done? Or do I want to walk down to the corner store? No, nah, not really. Like I'm too lazy. I'll go and do something else instead. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned that you were a sort of a bigger guy looking to slim down. And I myself was in that same boat. I, I'll have to admit you are the first guest on the podcast. So shout out to the big guys out there looking yes. to get small. So... <laughs> It, it it seems like it's it's a much different perspective for a smaller guy wanting to get big. It seems like, and not to not to really speak on something that I don't know that much about, but it seems like it's a little bit easier with the trial and error process of learning their diet because they're not really so they may gain some more fat, but they're not going to get to the stage where we were. So mm -hmm. when it came to losing, how was that sort of emotional trial and error? And what did you find encouraged you to keep 
in pursuit of the weight loss and the fitness journey? <laughs> I honestly think it was because when I was so young, I just wanted to look good for girls, right? Like I was like, <laughs> that's a good motivator. Just wanna, and like, it was just try, like there was so much trial and error. And maybe it was just because I like I was a little bit arrogant too. I'm like, no, I'm going to make this work because I told my friends and family that I was working out. I told them yeah. that I'm going to lose weight, and I was like, I don't want to be proven wrong. And yeah, there's accountability there it, too. It was it, yeah, it was the accountability. I think I I did a lot of things like unconsciously that I didn't know about, but those important things of like just having that end goal in mind and just like I'm not going to give up. Like you know, I I failed on this diet. Okay, let's try this one. I felt and I just kept trying until I found something that worked, but it was also that frustration of waking up and looking in the mirror and just being like, man, I'm not happy with how I look at the moment. Yeah. And I, I just, yeah, I just had a sheer determination. Like, I'm going to get through this. I didn't give a shit how long it takes. I will get it sorted. And I, and luckily, luckily I stumbled upon something that worked for me. And I think everyone will find that, but you've just got to keep trialing until you do find something and like i said intermittent fasting like works for me and works for some of my clients but it doesn't work for all my clients some of my clients just feel like if they've got to eat clean 24 7 yeah and if it works for them because they feel better they just mentally are able to stick to something well then that's that's absolutely for them so everyone's got to find what works for them and you mentioned that you told your family, you told your friends that you were on this weight loss journey. And that is some, some form of accountability. I know that for myself, I kept it, I kept it close to the chest that it was like, I'm going to do this. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then I don't have that sort of, uh, overwhelming sense of failure over my head. But what do you do for your clients when they come to you? They might feel defeated or they might be having a really tough week. And how do you, how do you talk to them? How do you keep them sort of on the straight and narrow? Well, it really depends on you know um, what exactly their goals are and what they're struggling with at the moment. Because I feel like a lot of people they have that inner drive, but it's it is their social circle that's actually affecting them. So a big thing is to think about who are they actually hanging around with. Like you know, coworkers at work, uh, certain friends. They're not going to be like you, they're not going to be the good social support. So you need to get yeah. yourself around people. This is why Facebook group work. This is why podcasts like this work because you can feel like you're surrounded by people who are on the same journey as you and then it's kind of less frustrating because if you're if you're like at work and every day people are trying to you know trying to throw you off your diet trying to, uh, your friends are trying to get you to drink on the weekend oh, yeah. if you know they're having that negative support on you you need to cut them out like it might be seeing them instead of every week you see them every three or four weeks or you don't go out and drink with them you go out to breakfast instead because Sure, like you know, they don't purposely want you to fail, but when you start to transform your body, they start to think about, oh, like that's not the same. That's not the same um, Tyson that it used to be, or they start to question themselves, and they don't. They don't like change. Humans just don't like change. Yeah. So you need to make sure that you're surrounded with that strong support group, most like as much as you can. Which is why, like, when people come and see me and they're frustrated, going back to your question, I'm there to support them. Hey, what's going good? Like I help them think clearly because a lot of us get caught up in our emotions. Oh, you know, I stuffed up my diet yesterday. I feel like crap. Should I? A lot of my clients ask me, should I do a 24-hour fast today? Should I do a 48-hour fast to undo oh, all the bad stuff? Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, that there's there's that can completely swing in the other direction and be a bad thing if you go into these prolonged fasting periods when if you make a mistake, you just need someone on the outside to think logically and help you through that emotional time. Yeah, and I can definitely agree with that. I've had jobs where coworkers they're just 
they see what it is you're going through and for some reason it's like all of a sudden out of out of nowhere hey let's go to lunch hey let's come and do this i'll even buy you lunch and, and i'm thinking to myself where were these offers when like i was the fat kid <laughs> yeah you know no one was offering to buy me anything before i started going yep. to the gym yeah and that's exactly right like i was um when i first started trying to lose weight i was it was actually <laughs> One of the reasons that was a big problem for me too was because I worked at a place called Red Rooster, which is like um, the equivalent of KFC. Oh. And so that's like, you know, my environment was completely counteractive to what I wanted to achieve. Oh, yeah. So even when I implemented the intermittent fasting, it was actually funny because I had that discipline to say that I'm not eating for a certain period of time, which usually when I was at work, and I just wouldn't eat anymore. But yeah. if I didn't have that restriction, I could have, I would just pick at chips, I would pick at the chicken, I would pick at the burgers. And of course, that's you know, it's 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 all about that environment. Like if you have yeah. those coworkers there that are trying to, you know, offer you free stuff things like that, you've actually got to be willing to have a conversation with somebody because you are a grown-up and you will say to them, hey, I I really need you to stop offering me food. I'm really trying to stick to this diet and I need you to be able to support me. And most people, if you had that one-to-one conversation with them, they're going to support you. Like They're going to be like, oh, this, like, you know, he's actually serious about this. They're not going to laugh in your face or anything like that. Yeah. And you, yeah, but you've got to be willing to have that conversation, right? You can't be like, I can't believe you offered me lunch today again. Like, or you, they brought in a birthday cake and they offered me some. Like, you can blame them where you want, but at the end of the day, you also need to take responsibility. So if you say, hey, guys, um, look, I'm really trying to eat healthier. Um, I really need you to support me. Can you please not offer me any food? And can you please, you know, if, if you see me going anything, call me out or do something. Because when you can have that adult conversation with somebody, it's you're much, much more likely to be able to start changing that environment to be more positive than negative. Yeah, and grazing can be one of the worst things, especially when working in the food industry. Just picking away, like you mentioned, at, at foods here or there. So when it came to the intermittent fasting, and for those of us, I know myself, for example, what works for me is having a meal every three hours, I believe, but they have to be smaller portions. Okay. So when you're going a, a longer stint like that, and anybody who might not have sort of, I guess, the will or the, the sort of self-motivating uh, strength in the beginning, what were some of the, or what are some of the tips or tricks to, to getting past that? I know that if I'm ever feeling really, really hungry or really like I'm, I just, I can't make it until my next meal, I would reach for like one of those little five calorie stick of bubble gum and that would sort of get me through or drink like a, a ton of water. Yeah, that's some actually pretty good ideas. Uh, chewing gum is one thing I like. Uh, another thing is just start small. Like if you're like, wow, 16 hours is a lot, start with 14 hours. Start with 12 hours, you know? Yeah. You don't – like th- this isn't like a, okay, tomorrow I'm doing a 16-hour fast and I'm going to go from that on because if your body you're, – you're, you can train your body to have certain hunger cues at certain times. So if you're used to eating – waking up and eating at 6 a.m. and then eating at 9 a.m. and then eating at 12 p.m., you know, on and on and on, That's you've trained your body to say, at this time, we are eating, and your body will send you hunger cues. So if you decide to change and try intermittent fasting, you've actually got to give yourself time. You just takes about two to three weeks for your body to be able to adapt to your new eating window. So you can start off smaller and say, I'm going to start with a 12-hour fast or a 14-hour fast and slowly work your way up over time. Apart from that, you have got the chewing gum, like you said. Uh, black coffee is a really good one, or teas. Like, you know, just having something, because most people, 
you you don't actually you're not hungry you're craving something yeah because if you're like you know what if you're hungry go and eat some celery sticks or go and eat some carrots no i don't want that i want you know i want uh I, like you know, I want salted nuts or something. Yeah. Well, and that's not hunger; that is a craving. And there are two; that they are the opposite. If you are actually hungry, you will want to eat the celery. If you are craving something, you could say, "No, I don't want the celery." Yeah, for me, it was really weird. I I didn't like. It sounds kind of weird, but I found that it wasn't sort of the sense of like, like there was a craving, but I think with the chewing gum, it was just the habit of chewing. That yes. was what I what I needed that fix. Sort of like, and I've talked about it in a previous podcast about how food can be just as equal to an addiction, whether it's alcohol or another type of vice. You just need that that motion, I guess, of, of chewing. Food definitely is an addiction. Like I, I honestly believe that you can complete, completely become addicted to food. Like for me, like it. The, the another thing is when I start to eat, it's very hard to have that off switch. You know, I always want to have a little bit more. I want to have a little bit more. And that's why I do like, but when I say I'm just not eating for a certain period of time, like there's no trigger there for me to say I've got to eat something, but I can have the chewing gum. I can have some tea. Um, I might have some apple cider vinegar, just a shot of that. Sometimes it kills the appetite, but something to kind of guess, like, you know, you say like it's that chewing motion or it's just like having a taste in your mouth yeah. because y- your body just feels like it needs it. Yeah, definitely. So, and if people want to, you know, sorry, do you want um, to say something really quickly? No, no, go ahead. So even if when it comes to coffee, right, like if you're like, oh, you know, I want to try this intermittent fasting thing, but I can't tolerate black coffee, then if you want a dash of milk in your coffee, have the dash of milk because, like I said, like, you know, don't go from drinking two cups of coffee a day, like two flat whites with sugars, and then going, I'm just going to have black coffee because, of course, it's going to taste terrible. Yeah. And no offense to Americans. The coffee over there is shocking. Oh, wow. Like, oh, man. <laughs> shots like, fired. Yeah, shots, shots fired for sure. Like I was just over in New York and you can, like I use natural sweetener for my black coffee, which is completely fine um, yeah. using a natural sweetener as a, a replacement for sugar. But if you want that dash of milk in there to train your body, like just say, okay, I'm still going to be intermittent fasting, but I'm going to have just a couple of dashes of milk in there. That's completely fine too. Yeah. And I found that when converting to, well, sort of weaning myself off of coffee – and going the tea route, I needed yep. that tea to be sweet, which completely defeats the purpose. But my train of thought was, okay, I'm having three artificial sweeteners in this tea. I'm going to slowly, either week by week or over the next, the course of a month, remove one of those sweeteners until I'm just drinking it just straight up. There you go. Exactly. And and the, like I think you touched on a really good point there. As you said, I'm going to do it either you know month over month or every couple of weeks. It's not like tomorrow I'm going to go from three to two. The next yeah. day I'm going to go from two to one. Like there is, you do not want to put yourself in that everything's going to change overnight or anything like that. Because these transformations, yeah, they look great and things like that. But you didn't put the weight on overnight. You're not going to lose it overnight. And if you're more consistent with your habits and you just take it one at a time, same as a cigarette smoker, if you smoke 12 a day for every single day, cut it down to 11 a day because eventually that will turn to zero. It might not be overnight, but if you can keep the consistency with just a little bit less for every couple of weeks, you're more likely to break that bad habit and keep it broken as opposed to breaking for a couple of weeks, being really strict to yourself, losing the weight or quitting smoking or whatever, and then all of a sudden your willpower is not strong anymore and you're going to get back to exactly how it was. Yeah, and I can definitely agree with that. So what else do you have going on over there in Australia with your training and with your online coaching and and writing and 
podcasting I see on your Instagram? Yeah, uh, that's probably the most, like making my videos is what I love doing too. Like I said, at the end of the day, however I can get myself out there, whether it be through writing articles in my blog, uh, doing videos on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook, uh, coaching people is what I love to do. So whether it be in person or whether it be online, I love doing that because I love being able to help people transform their body. Like being out, like the internet has allowed me to help so many more people with the online coaching. And that's where I'm really, really trying to grow myself there. So the more people I can help, the better I'm going to feel inside, the better they're going to look. It's going to work better for everyone. And it's just trying to get that message out there as much as I can. Awesome. Well, I want to go ahead and uh, throw it out to you. If there's anything else that you wanted to add to this podcast, I, I know I sort of, went on with the with the questions that I had for you but uh, I think a big thing I would like to leave the listeners with whether they want to do intermittent fasting or whether they don't if you're just trying to determine like you've got to track your food at some point for a certain amount of time like you said you use my fitness pal I love using my fitness pal I get my clients to use it because you could think that you're eating healthy or you could think you're making the right decisions, which you could be, but if you were not losing weight, it's because you were just eating too much food, whether it be quote-unquote healthy or not because even though nuts are healthy, if you're having bags of nuts a day, that's too many calories. If you're having you know, two or three avocados a day, if you're having good food but it's just too much, you're not going to see the results. So I would always say track your food for a couple of weeks to get a real idea of how much you're eating. And that includes the things you drink. That includes those little snacks and those donuts and all those other things that you that you know you get given to your coworker that your coworkers give you. Those calories actually do count too. So give yourself a two weeks and just say I'm going to track every single thing I put in my mouth, liquid and food form, and then just have an idea about how much you're eating. And that's gonna that the first step is awareness, and then from there you can do something about it. Right on. And once again, where can the listeners find you? So you can find me on Instagram. It is at Tyson the Trainer with two R's, or you can find me at tysonbrown.com.au. And if you guys want to uh, reach out for online coaching, just make sure to send me a DM because I do have a couple of spots available. So if you guys want, make sure to send me a DM, whether it be uh, email, which is Tyson at tysonbrown.com.au, or just through Instagram, and I'll help you out from there. So Tyson, I want to thank you again for coming on to the podcast and I want to encourage the listeners who partook in listening to this podcast to check you out on your Instagram and to reach out to you and uh, thank you again for being a part of this. Thank you so much for having me on and I appreciate being the uh, the first guest. Woohoo. <laughs> first guest from <laughs> Australia. Yes. All right, man. Well, thank you Thanks, guys buddy. and thank you guys for listening. <laughs>